But good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Is it not good? Yes. So I want to say Pastor Steve deserted us. He didn't desert us. He's actually in Waterlooville um, sharing on the same message. So um, yeah, you get the, you get me, you get me. And that's okay. (laughs) I am so excited to be sharing with you today. And um, we have been doing the I want to say the series of prayer, but actually we're going through um, a season in our life as family church where we want to instill a lifestyle of prayer. So not an event of prayer, not a moment of prayer. It's not going to be one of, I, want to, I don't want to say it's a series because when series end, you feel like, okay, now I can stop praying. No, this is about a lifestyle of prayer. So we pray that this is going to encourage you in your faith. It's going to encourage you in your prayer life that it goes from one level to the next, not to decrease. Okay. So if you see a decreasing I want to say, come and have a chat with me. So, <laughs> But no, if you see it decreasing, that's not what it should be doing. It should be increasing. All right. Okay, so today I am going to talk about collective prayer, praying together. Okay, There's, it has so many words, right? Because even like when I was preparing, I was saying all these things, but I've come from different backgrounds of the church. So I... It used to be called prayer meeting, which I think that's a very like simple thing. You, you understand what prayer meeting is. You pray, you meet together to pray. That's very simple. Then somewhere along the line, someone decided it was a clever thing to call a corporate prayer. So if you're new to the church, this is not a place where all those corporate people come in and then they pray. No, corporate prayer was just to say we're all coming together and we're praying. And then there's this word called collective prayer, which also I think, yeah, that's simple. Collective, you collect people together and you pray. So if any of those words confuse you and you start thinking and your mind starts wandering, please don't come back. All we are talking about is praying together as the church. Very simple. Very, very simple. So if you're looking for a definition of what collective prayer is, it is a group of Christians who are Christ followers coming together to pray God's agenda. So note the last part. I think we forget that part. We like the part where we come together and we pray. And then sometimes we're like, why is it so dreary? Because sometimes we're not praying God's agenda. We're praying our own agenda. And you know, when we pray our own agenda, it's going to get boring very quickly in two minutes. You are called to an all-night prayer, and if you're praying your own agenda, in two minutes, you're going to be like, wow, I thought we just did two hours. It's only been two minutes. Yeah, let's pray God's agenda. So as we're going through this, let's be reminded that it's a gathering of Christ followers who come together to pray God's agenda. So whose agenda are we praying? Yes, okay. I just want to make sure we're all awake. So, you know, I'm going to keep saying these things. So we're praying God's agenda. So how many of you have been to boring prayer meetings? I'm putting my hand up because it's happened. Yeah, only one, two, three, five truthful people. Or maybe some people haven't been to a prayer meeting. I encourage you to go, and I pray that it's not boring. But some of us have had experiences where prayer meetings are boring, (laughs) You know, when you're a teenager and your parents drag you to a prayer meeting, that didn't happen to me. My parents didn't drag me to a prayer meeting. I voluntarily went. But sometimes I'd go to prayer meetings that were really boring. 
And I'll be like, after five minutes, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea what's going on. Can I go home now? But I can't because the adult that brought me here is going to stay until the very end. So, you know, be wise about who takes you to prayer meetings. Um, yeah, so some of us, we think that prayer meetings are boring. And some of us, we think that prayer meetings are a time to have our own personal prayer time and devotion. That's a big no-no. This is not the time for you to go, oh, I didn't spend time with the Lord in the past week or so. Oh, there's this prayer meeting that's happening at church. I'm going to go and I'm just going to fill myself up so I can carry on for the next month. Some people do that. It's real. But this is not the time for your own personal prayer time. We talked about personal prayer time last week. Well, not last week because we had Global Sunday. The week before, we talked about personal prayer time. Collective prayer time is not the time for personal prayer time. Can God speak to you personally about what's happening in your life? Yes, he can certainly do that in a place where we all come together. But this is not the time where you come with your own agenda of the five steps that you want. Um, Funny story, um, most of you know that I am with an organization called Youth with a Mission. And one of my favorite things to do is to teach on corporate prayer, collective prayer whatever word it is, where we pray together and we come and we hear God's voice. So some of these people have come to, some don't even know Jesus. Sometimes I always wonder, how come you've come to this organization to be discipled about God, but you have no idea about who God is? That's, that's just Jesus moving. I have just come to that conclusion. But some people are new believers and some people have been believing for a long time. But everyone comes with different experiences of what prayer is. And when we have collective prayers, very interesting things happen. So somebody will come into the prayer time and think, this is my moment to get everybody to pray for all of my problems and all of my needs. So we will be like saying, okay, we're coming together, we're having a prayer meeting, and we're going to pray for Israel. Let's put that as an example. So someone comes in, and we're halfway through the praying, and they're like, yeah, I just want to pray for my dog who's just lost his life. And, you know, I really, I'm sorry for dog lovers out there. It's not a dog, um, it's not me digging about dogs. It's just saying how tangent, off a tangent it is. And they start praying about their dog and you're like, but but we're praying about Israel. Unless you said you knew a person who's lost their dog in Israel who is really devastated about that. Yes, that is an agenda of where the prayer is going. But if you just take it to a whole nother level, it's like, okay, can you just come back to us? So because we're a teaching school, we help them and we guide them along. But we do have those mishaps happening. So prayer, collective prayer time is not the time to be coming with different agendas. Um. Another one is, this is not the time to just come and just start saying words. So some people come to prayer meetings, and then they come in, and they just start praying. And you're like, but you don't even know what we're supposed to be praying about. Where are we going with this prayer? They just start throwing words out there. Some people just start throwing verses. We're not just throwing arrows aimlessly. When you come to a prayer meeting, there is direction, and there is order, because we serve a God that is of order. You may come into it and think it's very disordered, but there should be a leader that should be in that prayer meeting. If there is not, then um, I would advise you just to walk out because maybe there's just nobody leading. There needs to be someone who is leading and guiding that prayer time. But that doesn't mean that's the only person that gets to speak, right? Okay, everybody gets to speak. So when we look at collective prayer, 
Those are all the things not to do, and those are all the things that we have misconceptions about collective prayer. But when we come to collective prayer, we come in a place of unity. You know, like we had an all-night prayer, and we came, and it was like, okay, the person who was leading gave the direction and the agenda. Sometimes you'll go to prayer meetings, and they're praying about um, Lee Park. So we're coming, and we're knowing that there is a direction where that's going to go. But that doesn't mean only one person prays. It means that we all come together and we hear from God, but we're hearing going in the same direction. And that is where the unity comes in. And everyone is a piece of the puzzle. So who loves to play? Do you play puzzles? Do puzzles. You do puzzles. There you go. Who loves to do puzzles? Okay, they've gotten very complicated. I've seen they're like some 3D ones, and I'm like, no, can we just keep it simple? So as kids, <clears throat> growing up in Zimbabwe, we had this puzzle, and we only had one, and it wasn't even like that complicated. I think it was just, I think it was like a 500-piece one, you know? But we, it was the only puzzle, and we loved it. When the cousins would come, we would all do it, and by that point, you know, when you've done something a lot, lot of times, you already know where each piece is going to go. And who are those people that love to take a piece and hide it and keep it to the last moment? I saw that. I saw that, Stu. Keep it to the very last moment. And you're like, yeah, I'm the one who's going to finish this puzzle. So when we come to the place of praying together, everyone has a piece of the puzzle. And what puzzle piece looks the same? None. They all look very different. But if only one person brings the piece that they have or maybe it's just bold enough to say that, then we don't get the full picture. We only get a piece of the picture. But if we come in that place of unity and we all go, I am expecting to hear God speak and he's going to move. And when he speaks, may I be obedient to say it because you have that piece that is going to make the whole picture come together. So in our Connect group, um, we did a fun thing this past Tuesday. So... Um, most of the people came to, to um, the prayer night. And before we started our meet, before we started our connect group, um, I went around and I said, oh, so what was your experience of, you know, the all night prayer? Because everyone came at different times. And everyone was like, yeah, it was great, it was great, it was great. And I was like, okay, that's great. All right, what did you get? And what did you hear God saying in that time? Because not everyone's going to get an opportunity to say, or not everyone's going to have the courage to say. But the reason why we sat and we went around each and every person is because everyone had the piece of the puzzle. And as people began to share the different things that they were getting during the night of the prayer, of the, of the prayer night, at the end of our discussion, we had this picture of what the Lord was doing. Remember I said there is order every time we come to a place of prayer meeting or collective prayer. God is ordering our footsteps. And everyone has a piece of the puzzle. So when we sat in that room and everyone began to share, and that was only a fraction of us who were there. So imagine how much of a bigger picture that the Lord was drawing. We only got to see a corner of it. Because as we came and we shared the little bits that we were getting, we're like, oh, that makes sense why I was getting that. Oh, that makes sense why this person got that because it fits in with my little word or that, my little picture or my little verse. So this is how exciting coming together and praying is because we get to see a picture of what God is wanting to do. Amen?
All right. Okay, so I'm just going to, we're going to look at places where God is talking about unity in the Bible before we start looking at um, praying together. So in Psalm 133, it says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has announced his blessing, even life everlasting. So at the beginning, the Lord, in in the psalm, at the beginning, David is talking about how pleasant it is when brothers come together in harmony. Then he describes what harmony is unity. Then he describes what that unity is. And at the end, he says, in that place of unity, the Lord gives, commands his blessing to even life everlasting. So we, as the body of Christ, should be going wholeheartedly for unity. We should be chasing for unity because when there is unity, God cannot bear but give his blessing, but pour down his blessing upon us. So when you come into collective prayer and there is unity and we are united in spirit and in mind, the Lord will give his blessing. In Ephesians 4 verse 3 to 6 it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. In Philippians 2 verse 2 it says, they make Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. So when you come and you have collective prayer prayer time, start by lifting the name of God. Start by exalting him. Whether you're singing a a song that exalts God, we did... Thank you, worship team. You just set me up so well. You know, the words that we were singing in our praise and worship today was all about exalting the name of God, was all about reminding ourselves. It's not that God, yes, he loves our worship, he loves our praise, but it's for us, our flesh that quickly forgets. Every second we're forgetting, oh, by the way, he is God. Oh, by the way, he is all powerful. So when we begin to sing those songs, we are reminding ourselves of the power of who God is. And when we're in a room and we're all singing of one accord and in one spirit, when we begin to pray, we're not praying from that place of, oh, I feel a bit defeated. And oh, will God really do that? Oh, but who is this God that we're praying to? No, when we begin to pray after we have praised him, where we have exalted his name, we stand in that place of faith of going, this is who God is. So now when I begin to pray for someone who has cancer, when I begin to pray for someone who is sick, when I begin to pray for someone who needs breakthrough, I'm not praying as Taffy herself in her limited ways. I'm praying at the standpoint of this is who God is. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. There is no other name but the name of Jesus that every knee will bow, that every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. Everything has to bow down to who God is. That is your standpoint when you're coming to that place of prayer. 
So I'm going to give some examples in the New Testament, but we're going to really focus on the Old Testament. So we're going to rush through the New Testament, and we're going to look at Acts because the early church prayed. Right? If you think, oh, the early church was just sitting around and going, oh, kumbaya, Jesus has left us, and it is so sad. No, the early church prayed together, and they, were devote, they devoted themselves to prayer. Not they kind of figured, oh, maybe we should pray, maybe we should not. They devoted themselves. They were committed to coming to this place of prayer. In Acts 2 verse um, 42, it says, all, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. In Acts 1 verse 14 to 15, it says, They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place. Imagine being united as 120 people in one room. We're just, I don't know, I think we're about 50, 60 I don't know, I'm just putting words out there. But you know, in this room, imagine us in this room being united. But imagine being in a room where there's 120 believers and you are united in prayer. Man, in Psalm 133, it says so. Where there is unity, the Lord commands his blessing. Imagine the blessing that would fall upon these people. So we're going to look at some examples of, of the early church praying and what did they pray for? Because sometimes you might be thinking, so what do we pray for when we come and we have prayer meetings? Do we just pick out of our heads, oh, today we're going to pray for this? There are examples in the Bible of different things that they prayed about. But also, we're always praying God's agenda, not our agenda. So um, some of the things that the um, early church prayed about, they prayed together when they needed wisdom. When you need wisdom... You know, we talk about collective prayer and you think, oh, we're waiting for Pastor Steve or Ellie and Graham. They're going to tell us, oh, now we're going to have a prayer meeting. You can have collective prayer in your connect group. You can have collective prayer with your friends and go, do you know what? I want to see breakthrough in my family. Come on, friends. Will you stand with me in faith and let's pray into this? And as you begin to pray into that, God is going to give you different words to encourage each other in that. So here, um, they prayed for wisdom. In Acts 1, verse 22, it says, 24, it says, Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen. They were praying about a specific situation, and in that, they asked the Lord for wisdom. Another thing that they prayed together about was for boldness. In Acts 4, verse 24, it says, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. They were asking for boldness to step into what God had asked them to go into. In um, <clears throat> Acts 14 verse 23, they prayed together for their leaders. We need to pray for our leaders. I don't know how many times I can keep expressing that, but we need to cover our leaders. When we go into battle, it's the generals that are at the front that are leading the army. That is our leaders. They are at the forefront leading, leading the army, leading us in prayer, 
They are our covering, our spiritual covering. So let's be praying for our leaders. Um, in, in Acts 14, verse 23, it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord and in whom they put their trust. Um, <clears throat> another thing that the early church prayed about, they prayed together for breakthrough. In Acts 12, verse 5, Peter had been put into prison. And when he had been put into prison, do you know what the church did? They didn't sit around and start, pray and start crying. They prayed. <laughs> they didn't sit around and start crying and be like, oh, no, our leader has gone. No, they prayed. In Acts um, 12, verse 5, it says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for God, to God for him. And if you carry on reading that, it actually shows about how Peter had favor with the very people that had imprisoned him, and he was released. There is, there is power when it comes, when we come together and we pray. Remember, the Lord commands a blessing. When we come together in unity, the Lord releases a blessing over his people. Okay, so we're going to get to the practical bit. So what's actually involved when it comes to praying together? Because we talked about all the different topics you can do, but what, what, what do we actually do when we come together and we're praying? Where do we even begin? What does that look like? You know, what should that, you know, what's our personal role? And I talked, I touched a bit about that because sometimes we come to praying together and we come and we spectate. Please don't spectate. Let's all get involved. Because we all have a piece of the puzzle for what God is wanting to say. And you know what? That makes our prayer meetings that much more exciting. If you come and you spectate, you're going to be so bored. But you know what? If you jump in and if you get in there, and you know what? God might just give you one word. One word. You don't have to have the longest sentence. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't have to have the biggest picture. It's not a competition. It's about coming together in unity. And that looks different in different abilities. All right. So we're going to look in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles 20 verses. Okay, I'm just looking at my time. We're still good. We're still good. <laughs> and we're going to look at um, 2 Chronicles um, verse 20 verses 3 to 12. And it's just going to give us a background of what is happening and remember what I said is that when, we come, when you come together in a place of, of praying together and collective prayer, the Lord gives order. There is order and there is strategy in how to go about it. He gives you the beginning part. He doesn't give you the full picture because that's what we then get when we all come together. He just goes, hey, here's a puzzle and this puzzle is going to be a waterfall. And then everyone has a piece of the puzzle to put together, every piece to put together to make this picture of a waterfall. Yeah? So when you come to that place of collective prayer, we're going, okay, we know what we're praying for. We're not praying for the waterfall. The puzzle is the waterfall. I'm just giving an example. You know, we're coming together. The puzzle is the waterfall. That's the picture that the Lord is wanting to paint. But each person is carrying a piece that's going to bring this picture to be. And you know that every waterfall looks very different, right? Not every waterfall is the same. So you might have and go, oh, we're praying for a waterfall. And you might be like, oh, I know exactly the picture of what it is. It is nothing compared to what you're picturing in your head because you don't have the full picture. Everyone else has different pieces. And as it comes together, we will then see what the Lord is wanting to do. 
All right. So I'm going to read um, from 2 Chronicles, verse 20. Uh, 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, verses 3 and onwards. And this is just going to give a history of um, what is happening in this picture with King Jehoshaphat. Okay. So King um, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news. So there are these enemies that have come and they're about to attack um, Israel and, uh, and the king is scared. He is really scared. This is the leader. And Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered every, everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your, when your people when your people Israel arrived, and did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? So I'm going to stop there because King Jehoshaphat was filled with fear. You know, he was filled with fear, and in that place of fear, he came to the Lord, and he began to lift up the name of the Lord. You know, when you read there, it says that he said, um, o oh Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. And he begins to proclaim who God is over and over again. And then he's going and he's reminding God what he has done. Not because God needed reminding. He's reminding God what he has done because he needs reminding. He needs to be reminded, oh, do you know what? Our God is powerful, but let's remember what he has done. Remember, he is standing before the people of Judah, and he is proclaiming this, going, hey, I'm stirring up my spirit because I'm scared as well. But you know what? As I'm stirring up my spirit, may you also be encouraged. When we come to collective prayer, we're coming in a place of unity. But you know what? We're encouraging each other in that place of faith. We're encouraging each other. When you begin to hear somebody else pray from that place of faith, you go, come on, this is who my God is. Yes, come on, we're coming. And we're pleading heaven to see a breakthrough here on earth. That is what we are doing when we come together and we're united. We're going to go to, to um, <clears throat> verse 20, and we're going to start looking at the different principles of um, verse 12, I mean to say, we're going to look at the different principles of what's happening after he's exalted the name. So he goes on and he's exalting the name up until verse 12. And when you get to verse 12, he, the Lord then gives direction of what to do. So remember, when we come to the place of prayer, we first exalt his name, we remind ourselves who God is. And then when we have done that, we come and we begin to get direction from the Lord. All right, so we're going to look at what our role is when we come together in prayer and what our personal role is. So one of those things is to ask for wisdom. In verse 12, it says, Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. Oh, 
Oh, what Godwin has is very different from what's on my piece of paper. Let's go for what's on my Bible. Okay. Our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Again, they're asking for wisdom and looking to God for help. When we come into that place of corporate prayer, we're coming and we're asking the Lord for help and for wisdom in how to pray. In number two, collective prayer is for everyone, right? We, the early church, they spoke about that. When they came together and they prayed, it wasn't just for the disciples, the male disciples. It was for the disciples, um, Mary, um, Jesus' mother, the other women that were around, and other disciples. When we come to the place of corporate prayer, it's for all genders. It's for all ages, it's about us coming in unity and standing because everyone has a piece of the puzzle. In verse 13, it says that as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. So it just didn't say just the men. Yes, the men went to war. But when it came to standing in the place of prayer, it was everyone. It was the children. It was the wives. Everybody came together to pray and to petition heaven for a breakthrough. Verse 14, it says that um, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was, and it lists all the different names, and it's all the different people that the Lord spoke to. It didn't say the, the spirit came upon and King Jehoshaphat spoke. Sometimes when we're in a prayer meeting, we're looking for the leader to go, okay, you pray this. Okay, we're just going to go, yes, amen, yes, amen. It's good to agree, but you know what? You also have a piece of the puzzle and what needs to be prayed. All right, number three, position and posture of the heart and spirit is faith-filled. Our position and our posture, when we come to that place of prayer, we have to be faith-filled. We started in that place of praise and worship and exalting the Lord's name. But you know what? Sometimes if you're doing an all-night prayer and you see people are lagging, you can hear it sometimes in the language. It's like, oh, woe is me. Then you're like, okay, we need a bit of burst of, of, of praise in this place. We need to be reminded again about who God is. Okay, let's either put on a song or let's, let's sing out a psalm. Or let's proclaim a psalm that reminds us who God is so that we're not coming from that place of defeat, but we're coming from that place of victory. In verse 15, it goes and it says, um, listen, all you people. This is when the spirit of the Lord descended. Listen, all you, you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz as the end of the valley and the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. There was direction. When the Spirit of God, remember, when we come in unity, he commands his blessing. And when he commands his blessing, he gives order and direction. And that is exactly what happened in this. And then number four, in collective prayer, there is direction and guidance. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us. So when we come to that place of prayer, when you go and you have collective prayer, please bring your Bibles, you know. I'm always saying when we come to prayer and I go, oh, friends, where are your Bibles? 
Because the Lord is going to speak. How are we going to know if what we're, what we're hearing or what we're thinking or what a word or a picture that we get, how do we know that it's in alignment with the word of God? We need to bring our Bibles as a point of reference to actually go back and go, do you know what? I got this picture. Lord, what does that actually even mean? It may look very different to what you see in the Bible, but the Lord will give you direction to back up what that is. Because sometimes we'll see things and it, it really has nothing to do with God. It's just your imagination, you know, going wild and maybe you've had too much cheese. But you know what? Everybody, we're all going to hear, but let's always keep our Bible so we can get direction of where it is going. And lastly, when we have done all of that stuff, we need to give thanksgiving and praise. And this is what they did in verses um, 18 and 19. It says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed down low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clan of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. When you finish and you just feel like, yep, the Lord has said what he needs to say. We've prayed what we need to pray. Give thanksgiving to the Lord so that the enemy doesn't rob you of what he has already spoken. Because remember, we've come into this place of unity. We have been faith-filled. We have said some really like you know, outrageous things that you're like, man, if I was standing by myself, I would not have had the courage to have faith for this. You have gone beyond your limits in your flesh. We need to then, before we leave, be reminded again about who God is. So that when we leave that place and we're by ourselves and we don't have a group of people who are praying out and encouraging us, when we're by ourselves and the enemy comes and says, but, you know, is God really going to do that? You know, that was just, you know, that was just wishful thinking. When we cover ourselves in praise and thanksgiving, we are sealing what the Lord has done. You know, we are, we are going, yes, Lord, when I walk out these doors, I'm going to be faith-filled. When I walk out these doors, I'm still going to believe what happened when we came together and we gathered. So in closing, if there's anything... I hope that this has encouraged you to attend and go to collective, you know, prayer meetings, you know, pray together with your friends, pray together in your connect groups, stand together in faith. Remind yourselves before you attack what you want to pray, remind yourselves of who God is and then come in that place with faith that is filled and go, this is who my God is. And this is what I'm standing and believing in. And then include everyone in the prayer meeting. Everybody, even the quietest of person, is getting something. They may not have the courage to say it, but they're getting something. Include everyone in it. And let us see how the Lord then commands His blessing. Because after this, you know, they went and they won the battle. And again, they praised the Lord. But it's easier to praise the Lord when you've won the battle than to praise the Lord before you've seen the results. Let's be people that praise before we've seen the results. Let's be people that stand in that place of faith and go, do you know what? 
I have faith that what he has spoken is going to come to pass. But if it's not even how I have seen it, I still believe that my God is still good. That my God is still faithful. That even in the midst of not knowing what it is, he still comes through. So let's be a church that gathers together, that prays together, that sees breakthrough happen in our own individual lives, in the lives of the people we're praying for, that we're still waiting and believing to know who Jesus is. You know, as we pray for our community, we want to see breakthrough in this community. We want to see breakthrough in this nation. Let's believe that the Lord is able to do that. And let's come together and be a church that sees transformation in the areas that we're in. All right, I'm going to pray for us as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person in this place. That Lord, as we've gone through the scriptures, as you were there for King Jehoshaphat, as you were there for the early church, as they devoted themselves in that place of prayer and saw breakthrough happen. Lord, I pray that as a church we are encouraged today to come together, to stand in that place of prayer with the little that we have in our hands, with faith as small as a mustard seed. Lord, that we would come and we would come together and build a lifestyle of praying together, of standing and believing for things that far exceed what we could ever imagine so we can see your kingdom here on earth. So Lord, would you be with each and every person in this coming week, Lord? Would you encourage us in our prayer time, whether it's personal, whether it's together? Lord, would we grow deeper and deeper with you in all the things that you desire to happen in our lives? So Lord, we pray in no other name but the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> well, there is free tea and coffee. Stay around. Have a chat to people around you. And parents, don't forget to pick up your kids. Have a great Sunday, everybody.